Hello and welcome to Registered, the podcast about architecture and landscape from the Kingston School of Art in London. My name is Andrew Clancy. In this episode, Nana Biamo Fasu interviews Marius Grootveld, one partner in the Belgian practice Velwerk. Nana is a recent graduate of our school. She practices in London and teaches here also. While Marius is a partner with Janche Engels in the practice Velwerk. The practice is concerned not only with built interventions, but also acting as curators and thinkers about this contemporary European moment. They've curated a number of exhibitions and made a series of publications exploring various aspects, such as the architectural intervention as graft to found objects, and the use of reference and historic context in informing some of the site-specific and historically situated work informing European architectural currents at the moment. I do hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you very much, Maris, for joining us. Um, really enjoyed your lecture in Kingston. Um, so I'm here today with Maris Grotfeld from Feldwerk um, Architecture. Hi. Hi. Thank you again for your really wonderful lecture in Kingston. Thank it's, you very um, much. Very enjoyable um, discussion. And I think I'd quite like to start covering some of the themes that were raised in the lecture. And so, so kind of talking through the lecture, the, the kind of conversations that are raised from, from it... And I think I'd quite like to begin with, um, as you did, with the role of your education in forming your practice and your interests and the way that you work in, in practice. So I thought it was very good um, that your, the discussion started with your diploma project as a kind of formative way of testing your ideas and the kind of how your thesis then develops into your practice. And I just wondered if you could say a bit more about the kind of role of the thesis and then informing somebody's practice and interest. Sorry, can you rephrase the question? I think it's, 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 no, uh, absolutely. So I was very intrigued about the kind of inclusion where you began the lecture with starting with your thesis project. And I thought that that was very, very interesting, I think, for students and for young practitioners as well to kind of um, chart the journey between what the thesis project is and how that develops one's ideas into practice, especially when starting in practice. And I just wondered if you could say a bit more about the kind of relationship between your thesis project and your development interests and ideas in your own practice work now. Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think I think so. The thesis is, it was very much a questioning of of the practice of architecture in a way that uh, we always look at at at, at, the, at the architecture object when it's just built, mm-hmm. and uh, and in a way we always expect buildings to be new or or at least. Um, the, the the newest state is its ultimate state, and then a building can become less pure or less less um, complete. And always liking to see architecture in real life. Um, uh, uh, go to small cities. I have these maps where I, I pinpoint all the all the buildings I want to see, and uh, and, um, and and I, and I try to see what happened to these buildings. Uh, always enjoying this more than, than looking at the image mm. on a website or in, or in a book. I somehow felt that this was not telling the right story. And in, in, in the graduation project, I somehow tried to question that and ask the question, um, what happens if we would design a building which wouldn't be, um, be meant to be built, but which would be uh, in its ultimate state when it was built and then aged a hundred years how can you constantly think about this aging process, both in materiality mm. as well in, in, in use? And uh, it somehow gave a whole new dimension mm. on, uh, on, on being a practicing architect 
yes yeah, so so this 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 dimension in time always has stayed stayed with me and and funnily enough it also somewhat resonates with um, the design practice itself where in general also on the other end of the scale so rather than the life of a building after it's mm. built the life of a building before it's built and we always want the building to resonate with as much of our discourse uh, over time as as possible and and often an intrigue doesn't start in the present day but starts uh, with uh, with something we we then again saw in the field hence the name feldwerk fieldwork that's really interesting. I, I quite like the idea of that the, the intrigue doesn't start in the kind of the present day. The idea that the moment you begin the building, actually the work has begun a long time before the building manifests. And I quite like that the, the idea that you start to talk about, about kind of an authorless or architecture or an architecture that's authored by many others and the idea that the city is a kind of structure which everyone builds upon and I wondered if you could talk a bit more about that kind of process of seeing the city as some kind of shared infrastructure and a shared thing that we all contribute to and that idea of kind of making a city with other buildings and the kind of collage almost of the city and the city is kind of the shared bit between Mm. how architects work. Mm. Yeah so the the fantasy of the authorless architecture which was the base for this publication Building Upon Building also somehow came from the pondering on on, on dealing with history and dealing with precedence and and in a way uh, that notion of dealing with history and dealing with precedence is of course nothing new. Architects have always dealt with history and always dealt with precedence. But then, we, during our travels, we were tried uh, consciously uh, wondering, like, what practices in history uh, do we not see anymore uh, at the present day? And then you come somehow to these um, medieval uh, cities uh, before the Renaissance uh, or, or before Alberti somehow mm. claimed that uh, buildings should be the, the reflection of the ideas of a single architect and that it's an architect you somehow have control over the final final thing and it should somehow stay this thing within itself. I'm also much more interested in these, 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 these fabrics of the city which were uh, sometimes manifesting in a single building, sometimes manifesting in several buildings who were somehow built by master upon upon master. And somehow thinking about this also somehow puts great reflection of a lot of these contemporary uh, city developments where quite clearly the one architect builds his own style on his plot and then there's a clear cut mm. and then the other architect builds his, his own style on his, his, his other plot, this barcode architecture which you have a lot in, in Holland. And, and of course, you also have have architects who somehow are more sensitive to the site. But mm-hmm. we, we somehow thought, what like what would be a, 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 a fantasy to somehow bring it, bring this even further? And then we we asked architects in this publication, building from building, to extend a building uh, in the style of the original building. Mm-hmm. So we asked sixty contemporary architects to to quite consciously design something they would design, but design something. Uh, that the original building somehow would mm. design. I think that's really that that is really interesting and kind of there's something that came across in the lecture is the kind of design process is it's not necessarily new but a kind of um, intensity the intensity and densification of history and different strands and different thoughts and that idea of asking 
architects to to somehow intensify a design that's already began and this language of of building upon something else I think it clearly comes across the title of the publication but it's also aside from a title it's also a way of working it's a way of constructing architecture it's a way of developing ideas and I just I just wondered if we could talk about a bit about the kind of um the middle ground between one's own language and precedent so where is the kind of where where do you I think especially for students of architecture starting out in the sort of thinking about architecture and practice of architecture the temptation to see precedent as somehow as an object and not beyond the the idea and seeing what the architect might the language they might develop so I just wondered if we could talk a bit about the kind of seeing precedent not not as a kind of object but as an idea what do you mean with an object so not as a building so not just in the final image of the building Mm -hmm. which I think you also touch on about the idea of kind of going and visiting buildings so to read a building not just as the image mm. but to understand the building as a series of ideas series that one principles. yes it's yeah. a series of principles that one one can take or develop their own language in relation to so for me this this this, this theoretical uh, um, framework which I somehow have around it is mm. it's quite uh, uh, um, how do you say it um, a caricature and I also, in a way, like thinking about it in that way, because I don't think we should make uh, too big of an argument about um, uh, um, dealing with precedence as, as part of this, the design process, because in a way, this is always part of the design process. But somehow, I, I, I somehow, and I don't know what forms it will, will, will get, but think about it like like what, what happens when you, you know, somehow play with these ideas like like what what happens if you'd literally copy parts of a building or what happens if 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 if, if at some point you really do not see who built what part anymore and, and 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 how would contemporary architects feel about it so we're we're we just got funding for a new book and and then there we we we, we are we are giving pieces of contemporary city to um contemporary uh, uh, architects well, cities of the the nineties and the, and the two thousands, in a way, where where um, uh, where often this 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 connection with history did did happen yeah. in a greater sense, um, and there we are asking five subsequent offices on each side to um, uh, to 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 make a design uh, upon design of the uh, th- their colleagues in a way. So that that. So if you're taking the 19th and 2000s, you're asking architects prior to that time to also work on these cities? No, no, contemporary architects. Okay. So, so in a way, I think definitely in Holland, uh, even though I work in Belgium, but maybe this is one of the reasons, especially in Holland, there's this, this clear cut between this, this uh, architecture, which was mainly directed by, by functionalism, uh, uh, taken into a sort, sort of diagrammatic way of, 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 of trying to control a building like certain efficiency but then but then almost a, a making a formal joke out of it like uh, MVRDV uh, somehow summarizing a brief in a series of uh, uh, constraints um, di- di- making making this, this diagrammatic and then somehow uh, making a witty way in a witty way somehow uh, uh, int- interpreting this 
formally and then somehow building this result. And and I, I do think, like, if you look at the what's happening now in the universities, so I teach at TU Delft, but also at the Academy in Rotterdam, you see what the students are uh, thinking about. Uh, this is a very, very other approach where they, they, they much more want to be sensible again to the human scale and want to be sensible again to... They want to again talk about the elements of architecture uh, in, in a way that, that resonates with uh, larger parts of the city. And so the, the question is, in a way, to, to give these sites to, to first to one young architect, let him make a, a, a formal statement about the, 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 the appearance of the city, as all happens on high level uh, in, a, in a perspective. So, so make a design up on this uh, 90s, uh, 2000 uh, context, and then this design that this architects make is not is not the not the is not the final design. So it's not then the one against the other, but then he also has to somehow give up his uh, autonomy, and he has to give it on to the next uh, contemporary architect, who then somehow remodels it again, uh, and that happens uh, four or five times. And then in the end, uh, mm. I'm very curious what this this architecture will look like, mm. which somehow is not create, created by, by this, this, this single uh, ego, um, but somehow uh, is something in between. And, and if that somehow uh, works, then, then, then you're also wondering how you could formalize mm. uh, uh, something like this in a... A governing structure. I'm, I'm fond of looking at, at what was there and somehow see how you can reinterpret this for uh, today. But I think it, it, it gains meaning if you're somehow trying to find uh, 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 an abstract version which is somehow uh, a bit more uh, makes a ma- makes a bigger statement than just saying I value this in history and this we should pick up in our own yeah. work. So. Stemming off from that, I think what interests me about, about that especially is this idea of um, the architect and the, the, a sense of autonomy in one's work. And I wonder if this exercise and this publication is, is closely aligned or in some ways aligned with how you think about cities or how you think um, architects should be thinking about cities. Well, I think architects should think about cities. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why, why today not more architects are... Um, giving visions on the city yep. that they somehow always constrained to their own brief that they got from a client I mean a lot of my colleagues there they are very practical and they they, they somehow they, 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 they have a client and they and they the client has problems and and then they try to solve these problems in, in often very good and very beautiful beautiful ways I think parallel to this there should also be this this discourse on on how you think the city should be uh, maybe in a utopian way, mm-hmm. um, but over history we've always seen that somehow these utopian visions of the city mm-hmm. somehow have translated into the city in one way or another. So this is something which which I I feel more and more strong about, and as our as our office uh, leaves room for more theoretical work besides some actual designs, and also my. Uh, 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 position as a wissenschaftliche mitarbeiter, a scientific researcher uh, at the RETH in Aachen. I have a chance to somehow look at this in in, in a more proper way, and I, and I yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward 
to continue on this. I think that's really interesting. I think that that it's always fascinated me at what point architects or architecture, the practice of architecture, departed from the idea of this of of the architect creating some vision for the city. So um, architects like Le Corbusier and their kind of grand visions for, for the city and, and, and where we kind of lost the tradition that an architect builds what a client is asking them for. But also, actually, there's an opportunity to think more grandly about the city. And sometimes in a quite, um, as you mentioned, quite utopian way and also quite... And sometimes in a way that's quite rhetorical, but at least pushes some agenda that, as you, as you quite said rightly, finds their way within the city. And that this kind of lack of a grander vision somehow reduces the scope of architecture or the scope of the work mm. that we make or how we contribute more formally mm. to the city. Mm. And it's, it, it's, perhaps it's not a question, but it's, it's, it's something I certainly agree with. Yeah. The, the kind of, um, the lack of vision in some ways. Well, I think I think it, I think I think it's yeah. It's good to have to have a discussion on two fronts. To in a way to have a discussion on on on, on each other's work, and of mm-hmm. course you somehow look at what other people are doing today. Definitely with with beautiful blogs and 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 Instagram also becomes this great source of um, mm-hmm. exchange. You see somehow what what other people are doing in 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 their practical practical work, and you see a lot of very direct um, uh, quotes. Uh, through each other, some some better, some some worse, or, or, or working further on each other's work, but somehow putting down these 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 visions, yeah. I'm this this should be the second the second parallel yeah. parallel discourse. Yeah. I also think another interesting point that's kind of emerging through the discussion is the idea of precedent and translation, and how one how one goes about. Translation. In my graduation uh, project, I uh, I was also very much concerned about how buildings function would wa- would change over time, uh, and uh, and uh, thinking about uh, how to design with this, and uh, instead of uh, looking for uh, modular uh, systems, I, I somehow thought there should be. Um, there should be somehow a common demeanor between uh, functions that 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 somehow is able to 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 maintain uh, different functions. So uh, at some point, I I because I, uh, I was looking for a function, but at some point I thought, no, no, I, sh- I should design a building without a function mm-hmm. that somehow allows for different functions to to occur. And in a way, there also then the design method uh, came into play uh, very very strongly. So, how to design a space without uh, st- starting from um, square meters and 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 program constraints uh, is to design with 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 character of space and somehow how the character is tied to uh, different uh, uh, kinds of intimacy and different kinds of use that come with these different kinds of intimacy, uh, a certain kind of publicness, a certain kind of collectiveness, a certain kind of privateness, and all the nuances in between. Um, and in a way, often my design products are often finding parallels, finding parallels with these issues at hand. Um, and so, so the process is, is is in a way that that there 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 is a certain atmosphere of the context, a, a certain condition, and a, and a certain atmosphere of brief. Then uh, uh, and and this this reminds you of, of of places you've been, of of moments how how things worked and. And in a way, uh, then uh, uh, I'm building a library. 
So I'm mm. making this collection of often 100 precedents, uh, places I visited. It becomes this big folder. Uh, each each building uh, I have 50 or 100 pictures of. And then uh, I put everything together. And then the nice thing is that you can then look at something else. You're confronted with, uh, with a situation. You somehow um, uh, gather parallels and then you can somehow instead of producing something observing uh, mm. uh, something and i think this observation is a wonderful way to learn because you can uh uh you're you're, you're becoming part of yeah you're you're drawing from something greater than yourself mm. and 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 from these 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 references uh, you 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 draw ideas you you draw and principles, as you said before, uh, you construct something new, and then this new object again is is something which is then formalized, and then often I think it's also important then already at that stage to somehow uh, aesthetically formalize it, mm-hmm. uh, to think about uh, how you should represent this idea in the best way, and by somehow aesthetically formalizing it, somehow by by, by creating something, it 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 is again becomes something which you can put outside of yourself. And then putting uh, this idea outside of yourself again, and then being able to then again uh, see what it re- with what places you visited it resonates with, mm. and how you somehow can draw from this again, and then the mm. process repeats until you need need to make some definite decisions. Yeah, it's only just perhaps coming to me now, but actually this process that you describe of kind of making something and then formalizing it, but sort of them putting it outside it's, it, it feels like a very generous way of making architecture that it's, it's it, it kind of understands that as you've as we've discussed that architecture is not perhaps a work of just one person but it's a continuous work and this idea of of building a time or understanding the time as part of the construction of architecture is it feels like a very generous generous way of making cities and it feels like maybe going back to our point of how cities are, are, were constructed now and also perhaps starting in the early 90s is a lack of generosity that our city making has taken and maybe the idea of kind of re-injecting some kind of generosity into the ways that we make cities and places is, is quite an urgent thing to to think about. I think you're right, but I, I think... It's of course a much bigger story than yes. just uh, the, the the idea, and in that sense, I'm actually quite comfortable somehow for now um, th- seeing uh, uh, if you can uh, think about these large ideas in a somehow theoretical realm, mm. and, and 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 somehow c- creating something consistent uh, uh, or something something which gives at least some answers to to some problems um, and then see how you can uh, translate them into uh, solutions for the real world mm-hmm. and, I, and, and, and and I do think this is this is happening I mean I mean you see you you, you do see this new coalition happening with, with somehow it's it's core in um, the UK Belgium and uh, and uh, Saturday, uh, uh, Switzerland um, I'm sure a lot of people on your podcast podcast will tell you about this, and it, so so you do see some of that these 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 ideas somehow take more and more form, mm. 
and um, and that and that and also that that there are many architects who somehow are able to put them in in reality uh, today. So I think it's actually quite an exciting time yeah. uh, to live in. Yeah, and to be working and making making architecture and thinking about architecture. Um, another thing that really came across in the lecture and also actually in the in the work and the way that you talk about the work is the role of drawing. And I find that immensely interesting on many levels and the kind of different roles that drawing takes and also the way that one maps the process of design against the drawing that one's, one makes and how you describe the architecture through drawing. And in some ways, for me, it felt... What came across in the lecture was the role of precedent, um, not just as building, but also drawing as precedent. So taking, examining in detail not just the drawing, but the way the drawing is made, the process in which a drawing is made, felt quite similar to how one might dissect a building in some ways. And I wondered if you could just elaborate a bit about the kind, the role of drawing as, as, as precedent in some ways, as a way of learning about how you represent, how you think of ideas, and also then how you explore the city. So I think a drawing is, is, is also a design. Uh, it's not just a representation of something else. You're always trying to tell a, a consistent story, even if it's consistent in its inconsistency. I also quite quite like to not just think about presentation drawings, but, but also think about process drawings and, 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 and how things come to be. Um, so I, I, I made this little booklet for the Drawing Matter collection where I'm, Jantje and I uh, are doing an exhibition for. And the booklet is about, uh, so the Drawing Matter Archive is, is this archive of, uh, of drawings. Uh, uh, Neil Hophouse collects uh, architectural drawings from the whole range of architecture. Um, and sometimes we can go to this archive and we can spend a few days there in the countryside, uh, put on our Leatherman uh, boots and, uh, and uh, uh, drag our feet through the mud every morning we wake up and enter this archive and somehow open the drawers and see drawings of Super Studio, see drawings of Caesar, see drawings of Schinkel and, and, and see drawings of, 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 of... yeah. It's quite an amazing thing actually, that kind of setting. Yeah, no, so it's, it's incredibly romantic. It, it also makes these drawings more accessible and, and also looking at these drawings you all of a sudden see the people who drew them, mm. whereas you would look at reproductions in, 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 in a book or on the web, on, on the internet, you somehow, there's a distance where you somehow these, these, these things become objects of history and, and, and you, are, you are distanced from them. Uh, same goes with visiting a building. If you visit a building, you, you see the thoughts of the architect, how, how he built it, mm. where this is less the case if it's somehow formalized in a picture. But to get back to your question, so I was, I was going through these 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 drawings and especially going through these sketchbooks by Alfredo Siza. Neil was able to buy uh, two sets of sketchbooks, so that's like 30 or 40 uh, sketchbooks, uh, uh, um, showing the design process for two projects, the Malaguerra project in Portugal and the, and, and, and the social housing project in um, Porto. And having just visited these, these places uh, myself, I was looking through these booklets and, 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 I was, and I was somehow seeing the way he, he was thinking when he was drawing was also the way he was thinking, thinking when he was building. And, mm. and, I, and I almost had the idea that, that only if you would draw like Caesar, you could build a building like Caesar. I don't think 
because somehow a drawing is a way to 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 maintain parts of an idea mm-hmm. and also letting go of, of parts of an idea and yeah it, it, it allows it uh, it allows you to to make an argument with a certain a certain uh, a color a certain kind of a, a weight it's, it's certain um, values and thinking about the theory I, I I went through the rest of the archive and 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 somehow these, these parallels seems seem to reoccur. So so looking at the, the drawings of James Gowen mm-hmm. that he did for the uh, Leicester University engineering building, he uh, together with James Sterling, he he the first drawings he made were on on a gridded paper of the, some 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 mm-hmm. building company. I don't know who who made the paper. Uh, um, and and it's just interesting to see how was how how he was playing with with this black pen uh, uh, in between the the the, the grids uh, on on the paper and it was more uh, just a, just a graphical game but mm. but somehow looking at this roof of of, of the Leicester mm. engineering building uh, these um, these principles uh, were still in there so somehow these first lines on this this gridded paper and mm. the final building. Still had a relationship, and and at that point, I was almost thinking like like as architects, we should not just draw the, in the way that we 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 somehow learned to draw by accident, but you could almost make an argument by drawing in a certain way. You could almost say uh, you could almost be a method actor where mm. you are taking on a role, uh, and and this role has certain characteristics, and these characteristics are displayed in the drawing. And someone by drawing it in this way, certain parts are maintained and certain parts are lost. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about this from for ourselves. So we somehow try to reuse older drawing methods for mm. older buildings, uh, or or yeah, we somehow try to capture the spirit of the design within within the drawing, and and and, and also. Think about how then you can really make the argument of what you you, you want to show. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I, I I really enjoy the idea of the the drawing as as a, as the thing that somehow precedes a building or or gives strength to, to the idea of the building. And I there's a lot of there's a lot of in the similarities of you know constructing the building and constructing the poem or an idea because there there's there's a school of thought about writing poetry that sort of talks about the idea of a poem being the real, before the realisation of a of an idea of, of a big idea or a big action and somehow the drawing feels the same way that you draw and you, you draw and you keep drawing and you somehow edit in that act of drawing and then that produces or adds to the to the way that you think about how you might produce the building. Mm. And what what strikes me the most and in, in seeing see the sketches and in those sketchbooks that you talked about is the kind of the the speed of an idea and the kind of the continuous sense of reworking an idea and kind of drawing something and maybe not working it out to the end and then going back and redoing it or breaking for a moment's pause and drawing something else, a person sitting next to you on a train and then redrawing and editing and somehow that that idea of editing within the drawing is something that I I really enjoy and also find quite true for the publications that um, you and Yancho worked on the idea of how you make 
you sort of might juxtapose a drawing next to each other to say something else or how you might um, carefully edit a collection of drawings to say what you mean it to say. So I just, I just wondered the kind of process that editing, drawing and precedent, again, returning to that play, play in your work and how, how you think, because in some ways, in making these publications and the, the things that you choose to, to share or things that you choose to look at, there is a process of editing and how conscious that is, I think. Mm. So I think that as something goes along, being it a drawing or a design, consciousness only picks up slowly. I think it all, everything always starts with um, enthusiasm about a, li a little thing or an urge that, that something could just be super nice to, to, to do it in, in this way. Mm. Um, and then this, this can be a certain graphic style or a certain composition or in a building it can just be a detail or a certain idea of a, of a material or a meeting of things. But like I said, this, 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 this process of, of constantly dissing yourself, constantly, constantly from things, and then, and then, and then, and then reapproaching it. Um, I think this is somehow uh, where it becomes more and more conscious, and slowly you start to find um, rigor in your own decisions, and um, and 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 in the end of a design process or a drawing process, you you quite clearly know uh, what are the right decisions and mm. what are the wrong decisions. So, for instance, we did this drawing set for Le Havre, and we have this uh, wonderful employee, Julia, who can draw uh, amazingly. And in the beginning, we really didn't know how to grasp the, the spirit of Le Havre, if it mm. was something, if it should be something very exact, if it should, should be something which somehow uh, was forgotten in time, if it should be something which um, was with great climaxes or if it's with, with something which was very um, continuous and, and monotonous. And then of course you also somehow relate to the larger discourse and, and how other people are, people are drawing and you somehow want to think something to expand upon the mm. uh, general discourse and not just take a, a, a graphic style yeah. which has been used um, uh, in the in in the in, in the recent uh, uh, developments, so for this La Havre project, we we, we, we actually made uh, a whole a whole set of uh, 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 drawings, um, and most of them uh, never seen a day of light. So it, it was even yeah, it was, was a process of weeks uh, looking for this 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 right style, and at some point. We came at this uh, notion of the uh, Pompeian uh, wall drawing. Mm -hmm. So again, traveling somehow um, uh, became an important uh, part of it. Where I was in Pompeii and, and, and I was inside of the ha these houses and all these houses have uh, these wall uh, paintings which are mainly just colors or, 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 or planes somehow framing the room but sometimes all of a sudden these these frames became pictorial and uh, they showed views to places behind it and they showed views to to ornament and, and you would have axonometric angles showing the profiling of columns or pilasters base this this this, this intrigued also because um, it was very exact and very very descriptive at the same time 
um, or maybe that's not the right word, but it was very exact and it was very um, pictorial at the same time. So, um, uh, and I think that's that's in a way Le Havre as well. That it's it's a system which is very readable. You you understand the module directly. You understand somehow how it's how it's put together, and, and somehow you like. I think a perspective angle of of Le Havre doesn't work because um, then 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 it's not about the system and it's just about yes. uh, the space uh, but then this 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 slight angle that this facade has uh, in these uh, in these pompeian uh, drawings these these interior walls uh, they then show something which pleases our general understanding like a, a painting or a photograph would and 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 we also drew these these in a way these elevations with 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 strange added angles showing then the life where how people were using the space and how how the slight uh, um, layering of, of textures of the concrete uh, and, and ornaments uh, were were put together and were spatially laid out in depth and, and then somehow the second thing was that we th- said that everything should be very consistent and very monotonous it, it, it should feel like this constant structure of lines without uh, a weight at any at any point so then after Julia worked on them for weeks on end we now have these beautiful three beautiful facade drawings of sections of facades mm. we also made three uh, plan uh, drawings which show the most important facades folded uh, down uh, and and the other parts of the city looking from the top. So at the base of it, this is also not just showing things as they are, but mm. thinking about perception, thinking about like what is most important. Mm, this connects also to the educational studios, part of most of them that I, I, I did earlier in Delft and Aachen and Rotterdam. That was the the, the idea of the the medieval uh, uh, perspective or the anti-perspective almost. We we actually slowly became conscious how subjective uh, a picture is how how a si- or a render for that matter how 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 a single perspective mm. doesn't explain the whole building and and how you would move through that building it, it's actually a very divisive tool which was of course used uh, from the renaissance when it was invented but of course also when the picture was used to document architecture especially in in, in modern times uh, carefully composed perspectives and somehow telling the, st- the story of a building with a key view and somehow almost making the the image more important than the way you experience a building. Mm. And I think that's also one reason why uh, today's architecture has become more and more graphical and more and more spectacular for these single images. Thinking about um, surreal compositions uh, of, uh, of Saha Hadid or uh, Bjarke Engels. Which is never how buildings experience. Yeah, Never house right in the city. Yeah, so with the studio, I, I somehow quite constantly said, like, what, what is then before uh, the pers- perspective? And that's mm-hmm. then the medieval uh, uh, time, before the Renaissance. And looking at these, these icons, but also late Gothic, early Renaissance uh, uh, paintings, they, they somehow describe the building where they, they often show interior spaces, uh, exterior facades, and surrounding landscapes all. Uh, wrapped up into into one image and 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 
to me, this this somehow is very similar to the way you you experience architecture, where if you're standing in front of a facade, you remember the landscape through which you arrived, yeah. and if you enter a building, you you remember the way that that facade looked like, and somehow your design has to has to deal with all these these facets. So so we did funny exercise with the studio where we where we drew uh, medieval plans of contemporary buildings showing the inside and the outside all, all wrapped into one, but also uh, drawing plants of medieval paintings, somehow looking at how they are, how these constructed scenes mm. of different places, how they are somehow put together as a stage set almost. And, it's, and some students had wonderful discoveries, like there was this one student who did this drawing of uh, the siege of uh, Rene, and she drew this, this problem of this, this this painting. So the painting had this, this gate on the left front uh, with, with large men approaching the gate, and then you had the main street where the, the buildings along it were on fire going into the distance, and on the right of the main street you had this church which was blown up, and you could even look into the interior of the church so you could see all the details from the landscape again yes. to the interior. And then later she, she somehow tried to speculate on what the real city looked like. Mm. Uh, and funnily enough, she even uh, went to the archives and she, she dug up a plan of the city of Rene at the time of uh, this painting. And putting this plan next to this, 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 this plan of the, the painting actually was, was very similar. You had this, this, this same street going to the distance... Uh, there was only one main street in the village, mm-hmm. and this church on the right-hand side, and then two gates, one at the bottom and one at the top. And this was exactly, like, spatially, they were exactly laid out in the same mm-hmm. way as the painting, but some of the painting somehow added on top of it. Uh, it, 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 uh, it, it gave importance to certain spaces and certain events and certain, mm-hmm. certain relations. And, and somehow really thinking that, that these paintings are somehow looking for the truth, and maybe even looking, uh, questioning the truth mm-hmm. of, of, of a place, of an of a, of a, of a event, more consciously than a picture would, because a picture just lets in the light. And in a way, I think a render is often also partly an unconscious process where you, you, have, you design a space and you, you pull a render out of it. But, um, but there are corners which you never consciously yeah. looked at but which the render does show. So I'm, I was intrigued by, 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 by what, this, what this could be, mm. how, yeah, how you could show things which are there in, in your experience, but, but somehow th- th- that the camera doesn't, mm. doesn't capture. And I do not know when this moment occurred when we all said, the camera tells the truth, the yeah. camera doesn't lie. Uh, and definitely today, when 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 everything somehow images of of, of, of presumed truth, yes, yes. never tell the truth. That that yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I also think this this idea of the the camera is the absolute truth, and in some ways, I've got two questions to follow on from that. That well, the first is a particular interest of this this idea of the camera telling the whole truth, and and in the way, some ways, the way that we also the film works in some ways, and kind of stage sets. I find this idea of taking the painting and developing the plan or trying to understand something of the plan really fascinating for me a fascination is looking at the contemporary kind of stage sets and especially in kind of american sitcoms and trying to work out the plan mm. because there is no absolute truth in, in 
might try to find the truth in them and draw in them. And actually, what I find is that they don't work because they are parts of a memory. They're, they're parts of a city as one remembers them, a front room where someone gathers or, or, or a front door that normally opens up into the main space. It's, mm. it, they're about capturing the ways that we move through the city. And this, this idea, I, I find some similarities between that and the kind of the way that you're thinking about medieval drawings as a way of, of somehow finding the truth. Mm. The, the drawing is, is somehow constructing the truth or looking for the truth and how perhaps the perspective or, or in more contemporary architectural practice, the render kind of denies that or hides that truth. And the, the idea of drawing and drawing multiple layers of something is, is a way of is an exercise in finding some truth within how we build, how we live, how we remember our cities. Listening to what you say, I may, I may, may want to add something because mm. um, I think the other important part why I like medieval drawings is that they do not pretend to be this big theoretical uh, construct. Like, I think uh, if you look at uh, expressionism or... Because, of course, in a way you could say, like, at some point, diagrams also mm. almost become different ways of displaying truth. But what I really, really like about these medieval paintings is that besides then then somehow wanting to show all these steps along the sequence in one one image, they also want to, to draw it as, as precise as possible. So wood yeah. is really drawn as wood. Uh, a window is really drawn as a window. The details are really there. And even... Spatially, the elements in, in the image uh, exist in one place. So it's not a collage of, of, of different moments which are just mm. put together. It's somehow wanting to be, be exact about describing the world in materiality and, and light mm -hmm. uh, and space, but also wanting to be exact in, in describing how you experience something. Mm. And somehow putting, yeah, making this, this very... What's the right word for it? That that they're so um, is unassuming the right word. Um, that they're yes, so they're quite they they as they are they are as found almost in some ways. Yeah, right? yeah, the, 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 yeah. That they're so mm. at, that they're unpretentious. That's yes, the word I'm looking yes. for. Uh, the, and that they're so unpretentious. Um, that I really, really, mm. really like about them uh, because I do want to stay close to the the. the the built form yeah because yeah, it's a slippery slope mm -hmm. in a way that if you then start to theorize drawing too much and you somehow uh, are making this um, this whole conceptual framework mm -hmm. in the drawing and 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 um, at some point it can never be built yeah. because it it it's it, somehow the theory and distance itself too much from reality and I think this link with the built form uh, is of course our ultimate responsibility that's in a way trying to, to being stuck between these mm. two extents and somehow trying to find the, the, the closest uh, yes. connection uh, that's somehow I think yeah. what, what should do I think, I think that's really interesting this idea of how you maintain the, the, in some ways the usefulness of a drawing so that it doesn't become an exercise in and of itself mm. and I think for me what struck, um, strikes me in the kind of contemporary use of drawings well maybe not so drawings, but render, certainly, is, is the idea that are we some, somehow replacing the built form with the drawing? That in some ways that maybe there's a lack of an opportunity, especially in the younger, in the younger generation of architects, to realise buildings, that we're somehow approximating buildings with drawings. And 
it, it's a fine line to walk where mm. you, you, in some ways you have to understand that the, the building is the precursor, the, the drawings are precursor to the building, mm. but it's not the building. And mm. that, that idea of not, in some ways, not making, or maybe discreet, but not making an equivalence between them, the understanding that one is one leads to the other one and helps you discuss the other that they work in pairs but they're not equivalent so a drawing can be something in itself as well mm-hmm. and a drawing yes. can be can be part of a of a larger process um uh, in the life of a person a drawing is of course always part of a larger process as the building is part of a larger process well because I, I, I don't agree with that that in a way render is a close close approximation to a, a building in a way making a Making plans and, and sections that feels most like yeah. like building a, a building. Anyway, I think I think I mean we often forget this, but I think a plan is the most uh, complex uh, way of 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 explaining a, a building somehow, mm. and the most genius way because because it allows you to be in 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 every room of the building at once. You can travel through space and time, and you can. You can stand in front of the facade. You can uh, be in the bedroom, and, and somehow you directly have an overview of everything. So, if you're tr- about 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 understanding a building, I think a plan is a very beautiful way of doing this. Of course, often a plan lacks then the uh, the uh, the spatial qualities, and in that sense, I really like this image, which we all know, of course, of um, of Soane and his his ruined ruined image of the Bank of England which uh, shows all the spaces at once so you can see all the spaces but you still somehow see the profiling and you see the spaces go up and you see somehow the key key arches and the key lines in the in the building and I, and people always say it's this 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 it's because of this this idea that someone said that all these buildings should look good as ruins but I think it's not that I think it's just uh, uh, the best way to somehow explain how the, how the building works a plan with, with a bit of something on top and then yeah. funnily enough that's also why with this other studio which were, we were designing master houses in Oxford and Cambridge uh, we, 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 we in the end built uh, models of, of, of these houses but we, we didn't build finished models but we built ruin, ru, ruin, ruined models mm. and, and somehow the amount of ruination that these, these students applied was quite specifically Aimed at at showing showing certain parts of the building, uh, telling the story in the best way, and, and, and also being in all the rooms at once, mm. uh, and understanding much quicker how this this structure works. But but making making the final technical drawings with all the installations uh, drawn in, that's almost like the act of of building, of 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 really seeing how things go past each other, how things meet, how things how things are put together. And I think we often forget that that, that, this is, that these these things are so close to each other. Mm. I'd just like to kind of talk a bit about um, something that you came up uh, that came up in your lecture of the kind of um, a generation of architects that you think about as the weaving generation, and the, the the idea that we we inherit a lot. We've inherited a lot of kind of past things, the city that we inherit, the ideas that we've inherited, and what. What the kind of role of a young practitioner is in kind of assembling and making sense of all that and finding some truth in, in where we are. Um. Well, I, th- I think I think 
this, this approach of these architects that we described in this exhibition, which were young architects, uh, which were just starting, but also just starting in a time after the crisis, and starting at a time where they had very little means, uh, where where they wouldn't, definitely in Holland, they, they wouldn't directly be able to, to build a housing block or, or really make city uh, in, in a meaningful way. And I think they they turn to this this weaving in a way that, that what, I, what I mean by weaving is somewhat that, that instead of making a singular object, uh, some of the objects are, are very much picking up lines from the context and history and, and, and uh, incidents on the site uh, and, and weaving these uh, uh, together. And some of the design process is, is in the densification of the structure, this fabric, rather than uh, adding something singular and new. And I think by uh, using this approach, you have the ability to make an impact on a much larger scale mm. because uh, all of a sudden all the strings that you pick up and everything that's connected also are part of your argument and and and, and somehow you can you can make an argument on the scale of the city yeah. and this this is i think why this is somehow happening now again i think to to kind of conclude i'd like to talk a bit about the build projects and how all these ideas are manifesting in the in the practices design work i wondered if you could talk a bit about some of the projects that you showed in the, the lecture for instance so putting together one of these lectures is always very revelating because you somehow have to cut away things which fit in the story and mm. and paste in things uh, which are missing and after the completion of a lecture you often look different at your own work so putting together a lecture is like putting together a story and in a way uh, you take this messy uh, design practice that you that you have and in my case it's it's, it's very messy and to somehow cut away parts uh, which are seem to be too distant from from the rest uh, and somehow you sometimes have to invent a little bit to enrich the story so so often new drawings that are made often build up uh, the the telling of a larger story. But I don't think I always want to tell the, the same story. And, of course, we're a very young office, so I, I, I do hope that this story will, will, will change completely uh, several times uh, in my life. And so, in a way, this, this story, and maybe also the story that I'm telling now, is very much connected to, to the things that were produced until now. But I think in the new the new things we also try to 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 stray away from this. So with the new studio we're we're trying to think of, of making utopian visions of the of the city, and maybe also thinking like, like like what moments do you have to deny the city and what moments do you have to build upon the city. I don't want to be afraid of of somehow breaking with the mm. narrative and and saying something contrary to what you what you said before and, and maybe next time I can, can tell another story. Mm. So so in the end I think what it all comes down to is is, is consistency. As I as I said before, in a drawing you want to make a an argument and this argument should be consistent. In a building you want to make an argument and this argument should be consistent. And even in the way you uh, run your practice you want to make an argument and this argument should be consistent. But I think it's completely fine to make several systems of arguments and these can be contradictory, these can be going against each other. 
so that that's why I like this 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 idea of, of a publication and and, and of a, and of a book and of a website and of a drawing and, and of anything you produce very much because it somehow allows you to to tell a story from a certain angle and and the joy is in somehow making this uh, as consistent as possible but then also you do have to let go afterwards and 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 think of something else because if you always are saying the same thing if you always are doing the same thing you might find out that there is no truth i think that's a very good place to conclude and thank you very much for talking talking to me and thank you very much for the wonderful lecture you gave it's it's been a really insightful conversation and um, i look forward to the many other stories of the practice work will tell thank you i really enjoyed talking to you thank you thanks Nana. Thank you for listening to this episode of Register. As always, do remember to subscribe and leave your comments and all of that. Um, Just thanks again to the Register team who are instrumental in all the work that we're doing here in the Kingston School of Art. That's Matt Wells, Matt Phillips, Christoph Luder, and in particular, Laura Evans, who works on this lecture series and podcast series with me. So it just remains for me to wish you all well and catch you in the next episode. Thank you very much.